Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Progressive News Network. I thought I had the um the the music ready to go, but as usual I bungled tech again. Anyway, good evening. This is Janine Moloff. I'm doing the Sunday Justice Report here at Progressive News Network. I'm filling in for Brooke Hines this week. She's still on hiatus. So this week, this is, a, I would say, probably the set part two to our second series on COVID, which I just call COVID crazies, because what's going on nationwide with the Republicans uh, doing, it seems, everything in their power to try and transmit as much COVID as possible uh, it, it's insane. So let's just start already, okay? So this is really considered it's an extended justice report. So we have GOP, Republican governors like Ron DeSantis, that are gleefully endangering not only us as adults, but our children, and for nothing more than their political gain during COVID. So today we're going to look into this. We're going to look into the psychopathic politicians and COVID crazies. It seems as if this daily trauma of COVID denial, it's just never going to end. We have a sizable chunk of the population, which is holding the rest of us medically hostage. These are what I call the COVID crazies, the people who defy every piece of scientific and medical knowledge as they stubbornly and childishly refuse to vaccinate and refuse to mask. Now, these COVID crazies are enabled by a host of Republican politicians who protect this premeditated willingness to infect others with malice. The lead cheerleaders for what I call this new confederation of dunces are actually well-educated. Many are attorneys, and most are GOP governors who wield the power to issue mask mandates, (coughs) in addition to vaccine mandates, but refuse to do so. As the states, they rule over like many self-appointed monarchs uh, drown in COVID. So as our states, let me start again, as the state, our states are drowning in COVID deaths, these Republican governors rule over the state like many self-appointed monarchs. Even our children heading back to school are being sacrificed on the altar of political expediency and political ambition for a bunch of greedy Trump wannabes. These governors not only have refused to issue mask and vaccine mandates, and they can't, which they can legally do, according to two Supreme Court cases, but they're actively passing either alleged laws or signing off on executive orders which expressly forbid local municipalities and school districts from issuing their own mask and vaccine mandates within their own boundaries. As the Delta variant sweeps through the nation, children under the age of 12 who cannot receive the vaccine yet are contracting COVID and dying from COVID. There was a child as young as 11 months old, I believe in Texas, that was airlifted to a hospital and put on a ventilator. Children can also act as carriers uh, in terms of the various mutant strains of COVID. And the the only mitigation strategies we have are inoculation, and masking. This is the undisputed science worldwide. 
And yet our prime example, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, will not be chastised by actual physicians or scientists. Now, as an attorney, he, along with some others, has unilaterally decided that he knows better than those actual scientists and physicians. Uh, DeSantis poses as an anti-masker, anti-vaxxer Luddite, yet the irony is just too, too delicious to ignore. DeSantis is an alumnus of none other than the Harvard Law School, so he knows better. He not only has to know that the anti-mask, anti-vaccine position is beyond moronic on the science, but also to know the legal culpability he incurs by this reckless endangerment he has engineered. He and several other Republican governors, yes, they are potentially legally liable. They're too arrogant to listen. This report will talk about legal liabilities incurred by Republican politicians who encourage not only misinformation and lies, but that same reckless endangerment of the public, including and especially our children. You know, it, it takes, oh God, it takes a special kind of moral bankruptcy and indifference to, an indifference to suffering to place political advantage over human life, especially the lives of our children. But that's what DeSantis is doing as he positions himself as the GOP frontrunner for the presidential election in 24. DeSantis isn't alone. There's Governor Greg Abbott in Texas uh, following suit with laws and executive orders forbidding local government and school districts from implementing mask and vaccine mandates, in addition to my home state of Missouri with Republican Governor Mike Parsons, as well as our Attorney General here in Missouri, Eric Schmidt, who is running for Roy Blunt's Senate seat that he's going to be retiring. And Eric Schmidt is actually taking um, the uh, population centers of Missouri, which are St. Louis City, St. Louis County, Kansas City, to court to um, basically slap down that, um, mask mandates that they've implemented because the state won't. Now, those mask mandates are within their, our own borders. We're not imposing them anywhere else in the state, but, you know, I guess Eric Schmidt he, he wants to be a U.S. senator more than he wants to do what is morally right and medically right. So it gets worse, not to be undone, okay? We, we're going to go through a series of documents that I've looked through. And the first segment, the first document, uh, is speaking to an attempt by U.S. Senate Republicans to pass a bill which would ban mask and vaccine mandates nationwide. And that piece of garbage is being sponsored by two other human pieces of garbage, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas and Senator Kevin Kramer of North Dakota, to add that the Republicans goes without saying. The Republican Party has transformed into not only, in my opinion, the white supremacist party and the neo-Nazi party, but the party of ignorance and stupidity. So let's look at our first document from Forbes, hardly a bastion of liberal thought. Um, this is about that attempt to pass this national law. Um, so this was written by Andrew Solender uh, maybe five days ago. And the, the title, the headline is GOP Senators Introduce Bills Banning Max 
mask and vaccine mandates. So Ted Cruz of Texas and Kevin Kramer of North Dakota uh, on Monday, which would have been, let's see now, let's see, this past Tuesday, they proposed what Forbes called long shot bills that were specifically um, specifically worded to ban mask and vaccine mandates nationally. Okay. Um, and so this would even repeal any executive orders signed by President Biden that require adherence with the CDC, the Center for Disease Control's guidance on mask wearing on, on public property, as well as the CDC's mask mandate for public transit. Uh, the bill would also, according to this, restrict the use of federal funds to, quote, develop, implement, or otherwise enforce, end quote, federal mask mandates, which basically would pretty much ensure that no new mask mandates could ever be implemented. Now, <coughs> that's the first bill. Uh, apparently, this article uh, has two, looks like, looks like it has two bills. Okay, so let's go on. Um, so that's the first one. The other bill would, quote, prohibit mandating any vaccine that was originally authorized for emergency use by the Food and Drug Administration, even if it later received full approval, which applies to all three COVID vaccines authorized in the U.S., end quote. To add to that, Quote, that bill would also require parents to sign off before vaccines can be administered to anyone under 18 years old, curbing the ability of schools to mandate vaccines, um, which is kind of absurd because I taught for 30 years, and I can tell you that even though schools mandate vaccines for all sorts of stuff, parents still have to give written permission. So these Republicans are trying to look like they're saving people one this is just an added redundancy that's not needed. But the real issue is that this, this bill by Ted Cruz and Kevin Kramer would essentially outlaw mask and, and vaccine mandates and would outlaw, even if uh, all our vaccines are fine, finally received FDA approval, would uh, outlaw them too. That's just insane. Now, there are some Republicans that oppose these measures, like Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. Um, he said last Sunday that he does oppose the Santa's mask mandate ban, uh, but his argument was that, quote, local officials should have control, end quote. And I guess my question to Senator Cassidy, who I don't think he deserves an award, actually, what about the reckless endangerment that DeSantis and others are sponsoring? It is reckless endangerment. So let's go on to this. The CDC last month issued new guidance, and the guidance was different. Okay, up till then, it was if you were vaccinated before Delta came, if you're vaccinated, you could ditch the mask. But of course, there was no um, no sort of enforcement mechanism. You know what what the opposition calls a vaccine passport. So it was the honor system, which is ludicrous because people that are anti-mask and anti-vaccine aren't going to tell the truth about their status anyway. They just want their way. Um, but then last month, you know, the CDC received new evidence 
that basically even fully vaccinated people could transmit Delta to non-vaccinated people. And then people said, well, why do you need to be vaccinated? Because it keeps you from dying. That's why. All right. I'm fully vaccinated. I have a chronic lung disorder. Never smoked, but I have COPD. Okay, the vaccine saved my life. And I have to be very careful, like other medically vulnerable people. So the CDC said that we have to go back to wearing masks and social distancing in crowded indoor spaces. Okay, it's called people grow up. So in response to that, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis here in Florida, and Governor Abbott in Texas signed orders that banned mask and vaccine mandates. You know, basically the Republicans have become a death cult and they don't have anything else to offer. So they offer this pseudo liberty, which isn't either. It's not, it's not liberty at all. Now, one Republican governor, Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas, did say that he was wrong to sign a bill in April that banned mask mandates. Of course, he did so after that, that particular bill had been blocked by a local judge. Now, we have a quote from Ted Cruz, who's the sponsor of one of these, this bill, and what I call the planned stupidity of Ted Cruz. Quote, and I, I'm, I am going to mock his accent. My view on vaccines is simple. I got the vaccine because it was the right choice for me, but I also believe in individual freedom. End quote. And that's what's from a statement. Maybe it's a little juvenile on my part to mock Ted Cruz, but when you're dealing with somebody who is so obviously morally bankrupt and irrelevant, it invites mockery. So the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki responded, quote, if you don't want to abide by public health guidelines, don't want to use your role as leaders, elected officials, then you should get out of the way. I agree. Um, and she said this of governors that ban mask and vaccine mandates, um, and yet the Biden administration has not attempted to fight these corrupt GOP governors in court, and they should. Okay, my point is this. The president has a lot of tools at his disposal, one of which, post 9-11, is the tool regarding national emergencies, especially if it's a national security emergency which I think COVID is. We have lost over 600,000 fellow Americans in a year and a half. Yes, I say that's much more a national security emergency. On 9-11, we lost 3,000, and everybody wanted to shut everything down. But here we've lost over 600,000 people, and people are, alleged adults are being so childish they won't deal with wearing a mask to protect themselves and others. I think the president can use his tools in terms of national security issue. I wish he would issue nationwide mask and vaccine mandates. And if the GOP wants to challenge them in court, let them. It would take months before it would ever reach the Supreme Court. And by then we could have everybody vaccinated. That's my own personal opinion. I don't care if people like it or not. So the FDA has reported that they're, they're about to approve the Pfizer vaccine and the other two quickly thereafter, um, which could 
you know, help trigger some vaccine mandates. Uh, Pelosi said that I think will make a difference in terms of what we can do, unquote. You know, I don't think it'll make a difference. Vaccine denialists aren't, they're not dealing in terms of reason. This is all an irrational tantrum. And as far as I'm concerned, it's also about uh, extreme white privilege. You know, the idea that, that some of these people can infect with delight, and at will. That's my opinion. So let's look at this next one. You know, these GOP goons, in other words, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and Kevin Kramer at the congressional level and Governor Parsons of Missouri, Abbott of Texas, and, of course, the most rabid anti-masker, anti-vaxxer in the Trumposphere, Ron DeSantis of Florida, they're all legally wrong. You would think that especially DeSantis would be embarrassed as, again, he's an alumnus of the Harvard Law School, but he's not. So here is an article from the, uh, let's see now, can't see it. This is from the Miami Herald and the Sun Sentinel, and it's a, a judge that clearly states no one has the right to possibly infect others in whether they claim, whether they have an insane claim of specious rights to refuse masking in public or not. You have no right to infect others. And it was written by Austin Erblat. Uh, the headline is, um, no, I'm sorry, it was written by Carl Juist. The headline is, we do not have a constitutional right to infect others. Judge upholds Palm Beach's mask order. So Palm Beach County, there had some mask rules. And a judge said that, yes, those mask rules are constitutional. Um, Circuit George Judge John Kastronakis said in his order, quote, we do not have a constitutional right to infect others, end quote. You would think it would be fairly obvious. You know, when you vaccinate or when you mask, it's, yes, it protects you, but it's also about protecting others. If you don't want to protect yourself, that's your own business but you have no right to infect others. So the judge went on to say that requiring a mask in some places is within the county's rights in terms of protecting the general public during this deadly pandemic, and that those who challenge um, this mandate, they, they and their lawyers failed to show that their constitutional rights were actually violated because they weren't. Now we're going to move ahead again. This is a statement uh, from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Now DeSantis and his death cult GOP buddies, they're not only totally wrong on mask mandates, but they have no legitimate right, not only to block masking decisions by local municipalities that are doing this within their own boundaries, but they don't have a right to block masking decisions by public schools. So the Southern Poverty Law Center issued a statement on DeSantis' executive order forbidding mask mandates in public schools. Now, this was issued August 2nd, okay? So Friday, August 6th, Ron DeSantis issued an executive order, and it forbid school districts from implementing safe mask requirements for their students. Now, the order is in direct violation of guidance from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. It's the DeSantis order is also against recommendations 
by the American Pediatrics Association. But apparently, Governor DeSantis thinks he knows better than actual pediatricians. Must be something in the water there at Harvard Law, huh? I don't know what it is, but a lot of these attorneys from these Ivy League law schools think they are experts in everything. They're not, but they think they are. But again, the, the executive order issued by Governor DeSantis on Friday, August 6th, um, forbade school districts from implementing face mask requirements for students. And this is in direct violation of uh, guidance from the Centers for Disease Control Prote Prevention and recommendations by the American Pediatrics Association. You know, the pediatricians, the doctors who specialize in child development and treating children. And both groups said that DeSantis order and orders like that really puts mil millions of children as well as black and low-income communities at risk of COVID-19. It also puts them at risk of new variants that may spread more easily and quickly, and I would say including variants that unfortunately may become vaccine and drug resistant. Okay. So there is a very long quote from the managing attorney of the Southern Poverty Law Center's Children's Rights Practice Group. His, uh, his name is Bacardi Jackson. And here it is, quote, DeSantis' executive order is irresponsible and flies in the face of CDC guidelines and the recommendation of the American Pediatrics Association and targets only school districts and public schools. DeSantis' edict means that schools are not going to be accessible for medically vulnerable children and children from communities that have been most impacted by the pandemic, including black communities, communities experiencing poverty, and communities that don't have sufficient access to high-quality health care. While the governor purports to give parents freedom to decide their children don't have to wear masks in school, he is stripping away the rights of all other parents to choose a safe in-school environment for their children, a right the Florida Constitution guarantees. That is, under his executive order, some parents now have the authority to push out or endanger other children by forcing them to be in close proximity for seven to eight hours a day with unmasked classmates who could be virus carriers, creating an enormous risk to their health and even their lives, a risk that is multiplied for medically vulnerable children and children whose families and communities have already been most impacted by the pandemic. The quote goes on, quote, oh, excuse me, quote, now that students are required to return to school in person, Prohibiting mask mandates is an action of the state that affirmatively puts them in danger and shows deliberate indifference to the excessive risk to their health and safety. It is another example of DeSantis' dictatorial propensities that ignore the requirements of the Constitution and usurp the authority of local elected officials and policymakers to do what is in the best interest of their constituents as well as his relentless efforts to privatize education and destroy public schools, end quote. Now, that's a quote from the Southern Poverty Law Center, and I think it says it all. I truly do. It was a brilliant quote. All right, let's move on. Scrolling down. I, I can't add too much to it. So, you know, in fact, DeSantis really has no legitimate case 
when it comes to any new or existing legislation forbidding masking or other mitigation measures. And DeSantis is wrong about vaccine mandates as well. Now, the reason I'm focusing on DeSantis so much is because he seems to be the ringleader. And the others are like little cowards waiting to see what happens to little Ronnie. Okay? So it doesn't matter how many garbage laws DeSantis pushes through the GOP-controlled legislature or how many executive orders he foists on us. On the merits of any case, DeSantis' position embracing this ignorant cult of death has no legs. So this is an article from Scientific American uh, written by Professor Lawrence Gostin. And Gaston explains how, quote, vaccines are lawful, effective, and based on rock-solid science. Now, Lawrence O. Gaston is a university professor. He is Linda D. and Timothy J. O'Neill Professor of Global Health Law and faculty director of the O'Neill Institute for National and Global Health Law at Georgetown University Law Center. He's also, uh, excuse me, uh, lost my place, hold on. He is also the director of the World Health Organization's Collaborating Center on Public Health and Human Rights. He's also the author of a forthcoming book, Global Health Security, that will be published by Harvard University Press uh, this September. So he says clearly in the headline, vaccine mandates are lawful, effective, and based on rock-solid science. Clear legal pathways exist to move the U.S. closer to herd immunity. Now, Professor Gostin starts out with the obvious, you know, that we've, here in the U.S., we've reached a plateau regarding COVID-19 vaccinations. Uh, only about half of the U.S. population is fully vaccinated in the U.S., and that is um, as, documented, as documented by ourworldanddata.org. Um, he speaks to pandemic fatigue. And because of that, compliance with mitigation measures such as masking and distancing is starting to ease up and right in time for Delta to come raging in. And Delta is far more contagious than the first version. It's, Delta is as contagious as chickenpox. People need to wake up. Uh, and now, according to this, Delta accounts for more than 83% of infections as documented by Fortune.com, hardly a bastion of liberal thought. So he says we're at an inflection point in the pandemic and that COVID infections have jumped up to 140% in the past two weeks. Um, and, you know, he's looking at this and he's talking at, you know, what we have to do to get people vaccinated, okay? So there are there is movement towards compulsory vaccinations. Now the people that are anti-vax and anti-mask need to understand something. These are people that are behaving in very childish ways. They don't want to mask, and they don't want to vaccinate, and they don't want any consequences for their choices. But that's not how adults behave. All right? There are going to be consequences. If you don't want to mask and you don't want to vaccinate, then the consequence is going to be you're not going to be allowed in the public sphere because you don't have the right to infect others. So here we go. Um, the Biden administration mandated vaccines for all federal workers and contractors with the consequence if you refuse to do, if you refuse to vaccinate, then you have to undergo regular testing and masking, period. 
He's Biden's also moving towards compulsory vaccinations in the military. California, New York City, New York State are required, leading the way to required governor work, government workers get vaccinated or submit to weekly testing, as documented by the Washington Post. New York City announces key to NYC pass. You have to provide proof of vaccination. Yes, a vaccine passport. Get over it. And that was as documented by the New York Times to get into any indoor activity, gyms, restaurants, performances. Good. And that's the first policy we know of. More hospitals and long-term care facilities are implementing mandates. Um, that was a, after a joint statement uh, uh, from 100 medical and nursing groups uh, really demanding compulsory va vaccinations. Um, there's a local reporter here in St. Louis named Charles Jaco, and, you know, he's worried about his mother in a nursing home because a lot of people that work in nursing homes are not vaccinated and they're not all masking either. So a lot of colleges and universities, some 600 of them are going to require vaccination. The private sector, large businesses like Uber, Facebook, Google, Netflix, and Delta are mandating vaccines for workers. And Professor Gotson asked, are these mandates lawful and ethical? The short answer is emphatically yes. Okay, so it gets into the lawfulness of COVID-19 mandates. Okay, so both Department of Justice and the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, have ruled the businesses, yes, they can lawfully require workers to get a COVID vaccine as a condition of either getting a job with them or keeping their job. Now, businesses are supposed to grant legitimate medical or religious exemptions. Um, the private sector has a lot of discretion there. <clears throat> and I find it very ironic. Apparently, lawmakers are more concerned with businesses losing business and losing money because pe people are out sick with COVID than they are with the rest of us. So right now, all the COVID-19 vaccines, they are administered under emergency use authorization. And people say, well, they're so new. Newsflash people, these vaccines are not that new. The fact is, through the National Institute of Health here in this country, with many universities, as well as with the World Health Organization in cooperation with them, there has been, vac there has been uh, vaccine research going on for quite a while. And the vaccines that have been developed were made using what is called maturational research. In order for something to be considered maturational research, it has to be a minimum of 30 years old. These vaccines are not that new. I'm getting tired of all this. So federal and state governments, states have always had the constitutional authority to demand vaccinations. And the Supreme Court has upheld that right two times. Once in 1905, that was the case of Jacobson v. Massachusetts, and then in 1922. Okay, this is why your kid enters school and they must receive these vaccines or a statement from a doctor explaining why they can't have a certain vaccine. Period. That's it, folks. Because it's a public school. It's not only to protect your child, but it's to protect other people's children. You don't have a right to infect and sicken other people's kids. Otherwise, you're limiting who can attend. Now, the federal government, ironically, does have limited power to mandate vaccines, which I think is really asinine. 
Again, what about presidential powers during a national emergency, which COVID is? Okay. It can, the feds can only require um, vaccines to prevent transmission of a dangerous infectious disease across state lines or international borders. Okay. And the feds have never sought to demand nationwide vaccines. Okay. But, you know, here's the thing, folks. And I want you to think about this long and hard. If, for instance, we're going to get into this a little bit. If, for instance, a terrorist came into the United States and they had inside an aerosol can a biological agent which would infect people and make them deathly ill, like COVID, and some people think that they did, then the feds would have a right to demand vaccinations of everybody because it's terrorism. And any government entity, such as Governor DeSantis, that forbid masking and vaccine mandates would be aiding and abetting a terrorist. Hello, people, wake up. And I hope Governor DeSantis is listening. K-12 schools, state and the union, including Washington, D.C., require routine vaccines. It's conditioned in order to be able to attend school. The 1922 Supreme Court case. Um, basically, you know, said you you have the right to to mandate this. The schools have to offer medical exemptions for those who might be harmed by the vaccine, but they don't have to grant religious or conscientious exemptions. I personally agree with that. Um, let's move on. Institutions of higher learning. Um, Again, they have the duty to care for the safety and security of students and faculty. A federal court ruled that Indiana University's COVID-19 mandate is reasonable, it's science-based, and it's a measure to ensure student health and safety, you can do it. And institutes of higher learning have required vaccinations for some time now. Anti-vaccination laws, okay. Now, this is where it's getting interesting. This is where I am literally accusing Republican governors, in my state, the Republican attorney general, and so on. I'm accusing them of aiding and abetting what can only be called negligent homicide, at the very least. These are states that are trying to restrict vaccine and mask mandates. More than a dozen states have laws prohibiting mandatory COVID-19 vaccines. That are more than a dozen uh, have laws prohibiting proof of vaccination, so-called vaccine passports. There's more bills pending. A number of governors have, have issued, like DeSantis, executive orders prohibiting COVID-19 vaccine mandates or vaccine passports. You know, like I said, DeSantis went further. He prohibits masking, not just it's not just that you can't, you can't demand that people get vaccinated. He's prohibiting masking in our public schools. You can't even, we can't even protect our children. Um, these edicts restrict private businesses, schools, and uh, colleges from asking for proof of vaccination. Face it, COVID-19 has been politicized. It's been politicized by the GOP. That's it. And Trump started it, all right? He withheld the truth about COVID being deadly and about it being airborne. And there was a study by NYU at New York University 
And basically, at the end of the Trump administration, some 400,000 people had died. And they said approximately 70 to 75% of those deaths could have been avoided if Trump had told the truth about COVID being airborne and deadly. I hope the Donald's listening too. All righty. So in enhancement, it's been politicized even worse than AIDS. Okay. And these states are tying the hands of health officials to act quickly and decisively. And it's going to make the possibility of a vaccine-resistant uh, strain popping up. So when you refuse to vaccinate and you refuse to mask, you're not just making the decision for yourself. You're making a decision for other people, too, and placing all of us in mortal danger. So, but unfortunately... Even if these states and executive law orders are harmful, they still might be lawful. Well, maybe. Of course, that doesn't prevent people from suing. If you know little Johnny's mother uh, wouldn't let a mask and little Johnny was diagnosed with COVID, then, yes, other parents could sue little Johnny's parents. Just putting it out there, folks. Okay, let's move on. There is evidence that vaccine mandates are effective, both hard and soft mandates. Hard mandates are those that require vaccination for school or workplace attendance. <clears throat> soft mandates is like what they're doing now where you can either vaccinate or undergo regular testing and masking. One of the things they found that if it's a hard mandate, People, um, people will do it. They'll, co they'll comply. All right? We shouldn't be allowing the unvaccinated and their dubious tantrum of rights to dictate to everybody else. We just shouldn't. And then there's a, there's a question in this article, are COVID-19 vaccine mandates ethical? This is the real argument. You know, you hear a lot of anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers saying, that they, they, their personal liberty is being violated and their bodily integrity. And according to Professor Gostin, those arguments are garbage. Now, it's true. Each one of us has the right to refuse various medical interventions for ourselves. And to quote this, quote, but vaccines not only protect the person vaccinated, but also that person's family, neighbors, and classmates or co-workers. And here's the, the big thing. This says it all. Quote, no one has the right to go into a crowded classroom or workplace unmasked and unvaccinated. I'm going to repeat that. No one has the right to go into a crowded classroom or workplace unmasked and unvaccinated. End quote. That says it all. People that claim that vaccine mandates discriminate, no, they don't. Okay? Vaccine mandates apply equally to everyone unless you have legitimate medical reason as described by a properly licensed physician, okay? They're only intended to keep all of us safer. Require, and then there's the other argument that requiring a vaccine passport or some proof of vaccination somehow violates your privacy. Or viol this here's a good one. Violates your HIPAA rights. No, it doesn't. You are free as an individual to refuse to give information about your vaccination status. You are. But if you refuse, 
you have to expect some consequences to ensure everyone's health and everyone's rights. And if you refuse to disclose your vaccination status truthfully, then you don't have a right to enter the public sphere. That's it. Grow up. And as for HIPAA violations, some of these people need to actually read the bloody law. The federal health information privacy rules, or HIPAA, apply basically to health care providers, not to businesses or schools. So, no, if an employer asks for your vaccine status or a business does, no, it's not a HIPAA violation, people. Furthermore, according to this, there's also a public health exception to privacy rules. Isn't that interesting? If the public health is, if if there's an issue in terms of public health to determine vaccination status, regardless of what these idiot governors say, and that's viewed as more important than your precious liberty, then guess what? Yeah, they can demand it. And if you don't want to, then as my colleague Mark Carlin said, maybe you should just be confined to your home with an ankle monitor upon pain of criminal prosecution. That's not what Gossin said. That's what I'm saying. And as for people saying, according to Gostin, Professor Gostin, that vaccination requirements are un-American. Uh, no. George Washington mandated vaccines against smallpox. Seriously, folks. And that was as documented by the New York Times. Um, he said it was necessary to protect soldiers and win the war. And so not only is mandating vaccination legal, but it's also an ethical responsibility. Okay? This isn't all about you. It's not all about your precious little liberties. It's about your responsibility to other people in a community of adults. So be an adult. Let's move on. So now we know these ludicrous actions taken by major Republican politicians specifically engineered to forbid a mask mandate as well as a vaccine mandate, mandate have little to no actual legal standing. So much for the Harvard Law School education that Ron DeSantis received. But could those who refuse to mask or refuse to vaccinate face criminal charges? Well, according to this article in Forbes, the answer is yes. This was written last year by Robert Anello, and it came from the group, uh, the law firm of Morvillo, Abramowitz, Grand, Eason, and Anello PC. And the headline is, Achoo, so sue me, criminal liability for spreading a virus. And this should apply to governors as well, and attorney generals. So, and ex-presidents. So, people that refuse to mask or refuse to vaccinate and, you know, they should worry about being sued. You know, if you can trace the transmission to a specific person, yes, sue them out of existence. But the people who knowingly spread the virus, yeah, they should be concerned about being prosecuted. All right? There are criminal charges that you all can face. And they, they include the following. One, making a terroristic threat. Two, spreading a communicable disease. Three, assault and battery. Four, reckless endangerment. Can you hear me, Mr. DeSantis? Five, harassment. And six, disorderly conduct. 
And yes, you can face jail time for spreading the virus. Now, some people have said, well, you know, could we, could we have uh, Donald Trump charged with COVID crimes because he had all these super spreader events and he was notorious for it, you know, even though his own CDC told him don't. And that those super spreader events, they were super spreader events because they were big, they were crowded, people did not mask, and they weren't social distancing, and they weren't vaccinated, and they have caused infections and quite a few deaths. Now, in October, this was, this was in 2020, in October of 2020, uh, researchers from Stanford University published a paper and they linked 18 Trump rallies between June and September to more than 30,000 new COVID cases and more than 700 deaths throughout the U.S. And I would say that's not even to mention the 400,000 who perished during his term due to his premeditated negligence. Herman Cain, one of his own advisors, died. So, but... They're saying that his actions fall short of warranting criminal charges because he didn't tell those people they couldn't mask. You know, Trump did this little game of, oh, you can mask. You don't have to mask. I think it's stupid. I'm fine. He conned them, okay? Donald Trump's a grifter, and that's what he did. He conned them. And because he had this very, uh, the, the, the language of a con artist, mask, don't mask, it's your choice. He wiggled out from under, although I maintain he could be prosecuted for um, negligent homicide because when he admitted in those, those, uh, those interviews he gave that he knew COVID was airborne and he knew that it was deadly and he withheld the information. His reasoning was, uh, he didn't want to have the public panic. It doesn't matter what his reasoning was. He withheld pertinent information that cost people's lives, negligent homicide. He can be prosecuted for that and should be, must be. And as far as I'm concerned, these governors, Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, Mike Parsons, they should also be too. So let's move on. Uh, COVID-19 crimes. Uh Governments are using longstanding criminal laws that were used during other health crises to prosecute people who threatened to infect their fellow citizens with a deadly disease. Um, in March, I guess this was uh, Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen, this was March of 2020, uh, sent a memo to U.S. attorneys and federal law enforcement, and he encouraged them to consider prosecuting, quote, the purposeful exp exposure and infection of others with COVID-19, end quote, and to prosecute them under the nation's terrorism laws because COVID apparently fits the legal definition of a biological agent. Now, this came from the Deputy Attorney General, Jeffrey Rosen. All right. There are some states that criminalize making terroristic threats, including Alaska, California, Georgia, Iowa, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. Um, you know, there are some that say, well, it's kind of unfair to saddle an individual who didn't realize they were committing a terroristic act by making the threat. I don't know about making the threat. I do know that when you walk around refusing to mask and refusing to vaccinate, that is an act of terrorism as far as I'm concerned. 
because we know what COVID is. You know, and you can be asymptomatic. You could not look sick at all and be carrying it to others. Nobody has the right to be the 21st century version of typhoid Mary or typhoid Mark. So but there are some federal and state prosecutors that are bringing terrorism charges against people who threaten to spread COVID-19. And my question is, what about these Republican governors who issue executive orders, like in Florida, DeSantis, and other threats to local communities and schools if they dare to issue a mask mandate? Aren't these Republican governors also guilty of fomenting terrorism by punishing any local group wanting to protect their communities, especially our schools? So we have some people. Uh, a Florida man was prosecuted for coughing and spitting on police officers. Uh, he was shouting, quote, uh, I have corona and there's expletive and spreading it around. He was tested later. He didn't have COVID, but he was charged with uh, the charge of perpetrating a biological weapons hoax. That's a federal offense. Uh, you can get five years in prison. Okay. Uh, there was ew, a Missouri man, I apologize for my state, who posted a video of himself online licking deodorants at a local Walmart. Oh, my God, that's just too insane. Uh, there was a Pennsylvania woman who coughed on $35,000 worth of food at a grocery store, and a Pennsylvania man who coughed, deliberately coughed, in the vicinity of an older man who was wearing a face mask and was recuperating from pneumonia. So there are communicable disease laws. People, if you want to spit, cough, and lick, be prepared to go to prison. Um, and that's just it. Communicable disease laws basically make it a crime to potentially expose another person to an infectious disease. Well, hello, isn't Governor Ron DeSantis with his executive orders forbidding mask mandates, isn't he providing the political petri dish which allows people to expose others to infectious disease? Couldn't we charge DeSantis with aiding and abetting that type of terrorism? I think we could. And since it's at a felony level, uh, um, his, uh, what is it, uh, qualified immunity would not apply. Okay. So you don't have to look any further than the HIV epidemic to see this. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So a lot of people have been charged with COVID-19 crimes. There was a, a couple from Hawaii. They were charged with second-degree reckless endangerment after they tested positive for COVID, but then they got on their flight anyway. And this was in direct violation of airport and public health advice. They knowingly traveled infected with COVID, and the prosecutor said that decision placed other passengers in the flight, quote, in danger of death, and it's true. This traveling while infected stuff. And again, I reiterate, these Republican governors issue anti-mask mandates that forbid local municipalities and school districts from having a mask mandate in place. They are aiding and abetting these terroristic actions, and they should face criminal prosecution too. In New Jersey, people can face up to six months in jail and up to $1,000 for disorderly conduct, which can be, and disorderly conduct can be any of the following. One, failure to wear a mask in a store. Two, failure to maintain an appropriate social distance from others. Three, hosting a large party. And four, keeping a business open. In New York City, there were social distancing rules. Some states 
criminally investigate super spreader events. Okay, uh, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy was investigating a New York Young Republican Club. They held a gala fundraiser in Jersey City in violation of the COVID, the state's COVID-19 guidelines, um, because indoor gatherings are limited to 10 people. In California, police arrest 158 attendees to a teenager's pandemic party in LA, right after there was a new stay-at-home order. Um, Sheriff Alex Villanueva said, quote, we're gonna target things known as super spreader events where people are congregating and there's no social distancing, no mask wearing, end quote. We've got Donald Trump's criminal liability, okay? Amy Coney Barrett's nomination ceremony was a super spreader event. It was, okay? So let's move on, folks, all right? Okay. What about the COVID denialist forces? All right, we're going to talk about this probably another day because we're going to probably run out of time. Um, it turns out, according to Desmog blog or Desmog, uh, that the very groups funding COVID denialism and helping give some uh, momentum to it are the same groups that fund climate change denial. These are these liberate groups. You, know, you wonder where are they getting the money to take off work and do this. And there are some groups. The Mackinac Center is one. The State Policy Network System is another one. Um, they, the state SPN or the State Policy Network is basically a satellite of ALEC, which is the American Legislative Exchange Council. But we're going to deal with that later. It's just going to a little bit much. All right, so in conclusion, we've talked a lot about this today. This entire COVID situation has been an unneeded disaster engineered by the GOP of Trump and bankrolled at least in part by the same billionaires who bankrolled climate change denial. We have Republican governors leading this confederation of dunces as they push to pass laws forbidding local governments and school districts from implementing vaccine and mass, mass mandates during an evolving pandemic, for which the only mitigation is vaccination and masking. These Republican governors, of which Ron DeSantis leads the most craven attack on our collective well-being, is placing our most beloved demographic in danger, namely our children. Since children under age 12 cannot yet receive the vaccine, they are potentially in mortal danger from adults who selfishly refuse to vaccinate themselves and selfishly refuse to mask. The specious argument about personal liberty and personal rights to make the decision to not vaccinate and not mask isn't just selfish and childish, it's legally wrong. Governments do have the right to mandate vaccines and mandate masking. There is no personal right to infect others at will. So no Virginia, let me go again. So no Virginia Tea Party person, forget about Santa Trump sitting in his Mar-a-Lago palace or Santa DeSantis kissing Trump's ring and try to comprehend one simple fact. None of you COVID denialists are like James Bond, LTK, licensed to kill. 
but that's what you're doing. You're essentially committing acts of negligent homicide through reckless endangerment. And Republican politicians like DeSantis are guilty of conspiring to incite these foolish COVID tantrums, just like the Pied Piper. And you aren't merely deciding for yourself. You're deciding for all of us by your refusal to mask against an airborne pathogen. You do not have that right, legally or morally. As for parents deciding whether their children will be vaccinated or masked, well, parents don't have total authority. Just as parents are required by law to seat children in a car seat for their safety, they're also required by law to provide a safe and loving environment. Parents do face legal obligations of care and legal limits of parental authority. They do not have the final say regarding a child's welfare when the parents are either negligent or abusive. Parents are not allowed the liberty to leave a young child or infant in an overheated locked car on a 100-degree day for hours. That results in dead children, and the parents are criminally charged as they should be. Parents aren't allowed to beat a child to death or deprive them of sufficient food. When a parent or a politician like DeSantis aids and abets in the creation of an unsafe or neglectful situation for children, then they can be criminally charged with child abuse, neglect, or endangerment. This is the law of the land. And yet the social workers charged with protecting our children aren't screaming foul and investigating DeSantis and others, but they should be. As DeSantis threatens to pull funding from public schools that maintain mask mandates, he is essentially sponsoring what can only be called super spreader situations, which criminally abuses and endangers our most precious resource our most cherished resource, our children. Don't let power-hungry politicians like DeSantis, Abbott, or others sacrifice our children on the altar of political ambition. Don't let Republican politicians like DeSantis incite super-spreader lynch mobs with the idea that they are indeed LTK, licensed to kill. And now for our political heroes, zeros, and villains. Our political shero is Broward County Schools board member, Dr. Rosalind Osgood, for defying DeSantis' insane executive order and reassuring parents that all staff and students will mask. She's doing this at threat and loss of school funding and her own salary. And our political zero is Ron DeSantis. It takes a true moral reprobate to so easily endanger other people's children. All righty, folks. So I know I said this was going to be 30 minutes, but I, I, I'm sorry, 90 minutes, but I'm not sure what Blog Talk's going to do. So with that, I am going to end this episode and say good night and God bless.